So welcome back, listeners. It's time for another episode of Maya, My Yoga Audio. I'm your host, Megan Morgan, and today we have another amazing guest, and her name is Dina Shuttleworth. And as per tradition, I always tell everyone how I met or how I know the guests that we have today. And this is a first. Dina and I met online on Instagram, and we immediately started following one another because Ironically, we kind of look like one another (laughs) and we kind of thought we might be related. And it turns out we grew up in a very similar part of Canada, just a few hours apart. So we are talking to Dee live today from Southern Ontario, Canada. We've got a three hour time difference and like some tech issues we ran into, but it's all good. And we're here today. And so I wanted to introduce you to Dina, who was born in Windsor, Ontario and raised in the small farm town of Harrow. And she spent her post-secondary education studying law and security and courses for industrial firefighting. She's worked in the industry for over a decade. And then she decided to leave that profession to raise her family and train personally. And this personal training led her to the amazing opportunity to participate in the teaching and certifying of upcoming trainers. Then in 2017, she made the decision to take her love of crystals and creating jewelry to another level. And this is when Divine Intentions was born. So today you'll find Dee running her business, teaching yoga, or guiding live intentions and settings and meditations in the community. Her passion is to help others live a more mindful and intentional life. And she believes we all have the ability to step into and remain in alignment of our best selves through meditation, yoga, sweat, and a solid practice of personal development. Dee, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Oh, it's, it's so funny when you say that stuff. Like, who is that person? <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that funny when you hear that? <laughs> That's me. I know. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, I'm so honored to be on here and to finally talk, kind of in the flesh. But yeah. right, yeah, we <laughs> yeah. can see one another, which is so good. Okay. And we've been chatting before now, and it just yeah, yeah, you feel like an old friend already, I even know. though we're just like I know. It's so so beautiful. Yeah. So yeah. I was telling everybody how you're a yoga teacher. Yes. So I'd love if you could tell listeners who are getting to know you how you started your yoga journey and when and where was the first time you practiced and when did you decide it was time to become a teacher? Kind of what's the arc of your journey looked like so far? Mm, okay. So I've been actually practicing for over 20 years. I think like this year, it's like 21 years that I've been practicing. The first time I stepped onto my mat. And I always say the first time I tried yoga, I did not enjoy it. It was not an enjoyable experience. Uh I was very much out of my comfort zone. And I have to be honest, like when I say like I went into this studio, I just picked like a random studio. I had just moved to Windsor, like I grew up in Harrow. So Windsor is about 45 minutes outside of Harrow. So I had just moved to Windsor. 
and I decided to like seek out this yoga studio and I just, I went there and I really went into, wanted to do yoga because I call myself like self-proclaimed like squirrel brain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, you know, I always really admired like people that did yoga and I would see them and, you know, like they had like the peace, love, harmony vibes, and, <laughs> you know, all those really cool hippie chicks. And that I wanted to be that. I really wanted to try and be that. And that wasn't my first experience at all. I walked out. I was like, what was that? My brain was all over the place. And I remember actually like going home and talking about it to my parents saying like, I didn't like that. Like that was weird. (laughs) I didn't like that. And I realized that now that it was, I was not educated in yoga. Like I didn't know anything about yoga. I just kind of stepped in. So the chanting was different. Mm -hmm. Just the, the sun, everything was very different. And I definitely didn't get the peace love vibes when I walked out. I was like, (laughs) all over the place. But the practice continued to call me. And I kept going, kept going back. And I jumped around studios for quite some time. And still not really, really loving it and not feeling too many changes. And I remember one specific day, stopping after class and talking to one of the teachers. And I wish I knew who she was and where she is now. And I kind of explained to her like how I was feeling. Like I said, I keep coming back, but I'm just, it's really not resonating with me. And I'm not really sure why I keep coming back, but I do. And she said to me, keep going. You have to either find your community, the type of yoga practice that resonates with you, but just don't stop. Keep going. And I did. I just kept going. And yeah, I finally really started falling in love once I discovered like a heated practice, hot yoga, really started falling in love with that. And I can always bring that back to because I'm such a busy minded person, that heat really made me, I guess, surrender to the practice, you know? So I really started falling in love with that. And I practiced hot yoga for some time. But I find as I age and get older, that practice doesn't suit me as much anymore. So Mm -hmm. I'm getting more into, I don't know if you've experienced the same thing, but I'm getting more into like the yin. I really love the yin and the meditation part of yoga. And yeah, so I'm really loving that. But yeah. That's kind of where I started. That's where my journey started. And I actually decided to become a yoga teacher. And it's funny because I was a personal trainer for a lot of years and I do have an online coaching business. And I kind of had always Mm -hmm. told myself yoga was mine. So it wasn't really something that I wanted to become a teacher in for a long time because I wanted to keep it very personal. It was something like, I guess I wanted to share it, but not in that type of setting. Right. And I had quite a long period of time where I had so many people coming to me and asking me, Hey, can I get a class with you? Where do you teach at? And it just kept happening. And I'm like, actually, I'm not a teacher. (laughs) (laughs) And it just, over time, that actually started to call me in where I had this calling where it's like, okay, you know what? I really do have to share this, this practice in that way. And that's when I decided it was time to start teaching and get certified. That is amazing. Our stories are so similar. My hair is standing yeah. up on my oh, really? arms. Yeah, I'm not going to make it about me, but oh my goodness. That's it's a very similar trajectory. That's yeah. amazing. That's mm-hmm. amazing. Mm-hmm. And I know that 
now and kind of what leads me into, I just saw yesterday. So you have a podcast with Diane Bondi called Black Girls Talk About Everything. And I have so enjoyed listening to several episodes Mm -hmm. and was particularly moved by the one where you explored body image. Mm -hmm. And then I saw yesterday that I can't remember if it was you or Diane that posted the most recent one is live now where you talk with the yoga is dead hosts Mm -hmm. to tell, I can't remember their like names now in this moment. I was like, oh, this is so exciting. I want to listen to this one. So how has your friendship with Diane evolved into this podcast? How has it been going for you to do the show, interview guests and have these kind of conversations? I know we're kind of doing a similar thing in life, but you've had some pretty incredible guests and you've talked about some very powerful, very personal, Mm -hmm. very political topics. And I'm just like, I'm curious what that's been like for you and yeah, mm-hmm. how it's going. And I want people to listen to it too, because you guys talk about some great stuff. Yeah, thank you. So Diane and I met, she actually owned a yoga studio here in Windsor, and she's actually part of my yoga journey. Walking into a studio, my boys were really young. At this point, I had been trying to practice, I guess, for a lot of years and still wasn't at that point where I was loving it yet. And I walked into Diane's studio, not knowing that she owned it. And I walked in with her and I always talk about this. I can't remember if I had one of the babies or both of them. And I walked in and she was sitting behind the counter and I was like, oh my gosh, another black woman in a yoga studio. Because here in Windsor, I didn't look like anyone else. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know until I actually started talking to her that she was the owner of the studio. And I started doing classes there and our friendship just kind of evolved from there. We had a period of time where we were both, our boys are very close in age and our lives are very parallel, funny enough, where we had a period of time where we kind of lost contact. We would see each other on social media, but we weren't really in each other's physical spaces. And a couple of years ago, we connected at an event here, a yoga event here in Windsor. And then she had started a running journey when pandemic kind of started sweeping up last year. And I messaged her and I was like, hey, I want to get running too. And we just started running together last summer. And we actually completed two half marathons together. But within that time and those hours spent together, we talked about a lot of different things during our runs. We probably talked about everything but running. <laughs> and, and I said to her one day, you know what? I really think we are so funny. And I really think that people would love to listen to us. And she's like, let's do a podcast. And she had some experience with podcasting. So this was okay. my, this is my very first experience doing a podcast. And yeah, so we just we buckled down and we started one. So it's been really I want to say it's a very different experience than what I actually expected it would be. The subjects that we have talked about have been very enlightening. I've actually discovered a lot of things about myself during the process of doing this podcast. I don't know if you can relate. And a lot of the the people that we have talked to and a lot of the subjects that we have touched on, they have very much exhausted me, to be honest. We've loved doing them. Don't get me wrong. We Mm -hmm. love doing them, but it has been a time of afterwards, like we have gotten off podcast and we have like cried Mm. because it's just sometimes such an emotional experience to talk about these things and bring these things up and just to learn about different people's experiences. And 
I always say that our podcast isn't even something I always felt like once we push record, it's like the podcast and then you push stop and the podcast is over, but that isn't what it's about. I mean, the things that we talk about and the subjects that we talk about, Diane and I are always on a constant conversation Mm -hmm. with these, the subjects even afterwards. And, you know, a lot of these things that we've talked about and the guests that we've had have been so inspiring. I mean, they've moved to my dining room table around dinner with my family. You know, so it's not something that, you know, it becomes a part of your life, really. Mm -hmm. It really does. And actually, that made me remember another thing. So now I'm, you know, as most of the people who listen to this know that I grew up in Canada and moved to the United States seven years ago. And there's this misconception that like racism doesn't exist in Canada. And it's like, everything's nice up there because everybody left the South and moved up there and Canada was great. And there was one episode where... I believe it was Diane was talking about coming out of a out of a store and she had bought a burrito yes, and she yeah. overheard two people making up a, a crude joke about mm-hmm. black people. And it was just mm-hmm. sort of like, you know, and it, it's shocking each and every time, but you're kind of like, there is this misconception that this doesn't happen in, in Canada. And I know a lot of the conversations that you two have had and with guests, I mean, I think you even had was it the founders of Yoga Alliance or Yoga Journal, where you were yes, basically yes. talking about the politicization of yes. yoga and why we need to have these conversations, even in yoga, because these are the spaces we all inhabit and there are barriers towards people feeling welcome. Like your experience going into yes. Diane's studio and saying, oh my gosh, there's like, there's another black woman in here. And that like yes. it automatically gave you a sense of comfort. And I've been That's told right. that even here, like in California, there are or actually a lot of my friends are yoga teachers who happen to be of color, but that wasn't when I first moved here, but I've had that said to me over and over again. People are saying, you're the first black teacher that I've ever had. And and what a balm that can be for yeah. the, you know, just like that. It doesn't mean because there isn't a black teacher that you're not welcome there, but it's something for a student who may be new to the practice or maybe is super experienced and doesn't feel totally comfortable coming into these spaces. So thank you for having those difficult conversations and sharing them with us. So I encourage everybody to listen to some episodes of the podcast. So it's called Two Black Girls Talk About Everything. And they do literally. (laughs) We got more to come, let me tell you. No, so exciting. You've had great guests, but even the ones, I love the ones with even just you and Diane, because you're just talking about your lives and your experiences mm-hmm. and your families. And I feel like, you know, I put it on, I go for a walk or a run and I'm like, I feel like I'm sitting down with you You're too. And, yeah. and that was what kind of what we wanted, right? We wanted to bring people into the time that we spend together. So mm-hmm. I'm glad that you're saying that. Yeah. Oh, goodness. Yeah. 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 Well, men, because, you know, you're not just a podcast host. (laughs) You also have (laughs) Divine Intentions, which is your beautiful line of yoga healing intention setting jewels for the spiritual soul. I love Mm -hmm. that description. It just like rolls off the tongue. So tell us about that. Like, you know, how that came about. Interestingly, that's something I used to do too but we're not going to go down Oh my goodness. Yeah. Okay, I've got another parallel life. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. We're, we're twins in, in some I form. know. I um, love it. But tell us about the evolution of that, your creations mm-hmm. and where people can find them. I hope you ship to the United States. But I do. Okay. I do. I do a lot of shipping to the United States. So Divine Intentions was, I always kind of call it my accidental business. Mm. I was always a jewelry maker. I would be that 
teenager in the 90s showing my age teenager in the 90s and I would like weave like remember when the heads yeah. with like the little beads I would do <laughs> chokers and all of that and I would just give them away to all my friends so I really always loved stones and crystals and making jewelry and it actually started when years ago my family got into we got into essential oils mm-hmm. and the benefits of using like aromatherapy and essential oils and I had been given a bracelet by a friend and it had a couple little lava beads on it and I was wearing it. And then I decided to add a couple more and I was like wearing a stack and I would always get people that would ask, where did you get that? And I would say, Oh, like I get my friend, maybe this, but you know, I make the other one. Oh, like you should make me one. So I'm just trying to go back because there's kind of yeah. like different, two different things that's evolved so much over the time. So I had actually at this point back in the end of 2016, I was very, very burnt out from personal training. I was very tired and I actually quit my job mm-hmm. <laughs> as a personal trainer and the kids went back to school. It was like after Christmas, my husband went back to work and it was you know, first few days of January, 2017. And I remember I was at home and I thought, now what, (laughs) Mm -hmm. what am I going to do? And I had been doing a little bit of coaching, but it wasn't, you know, big enough to kind of supplement that income that I had was making with um, personal training. So I was kind of in my boredom walking around the house. And I thought, you know what? I've had people ask me to make like those bracelets And I have a big box of crystals upstairs and I had tucked it away in my son's bedroom. Like I had been playing with them after he was born and I had tucked them away because I got busy and I thought, okay, I'm going to bring them down. So I brought them down and I made a couple and I got some like lava beads and I added them on and I had seen another small jewelry business. They had been posting them on Instagram like their jewelry. Mm-hmm. It wasn't anything the same, but like their jewelry. And it was like, you know, kind of like private message me if interested. So I posted a couple of pieces. And if you scroll down my Instagram, you can see those first initial pieces. It was like with a little essential oil bottle and boom, 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 boom. I started getting messages. Wow. I think I forget how many I sold that day, maybe like four or five bracelets. My husband came home and like, I day one. I day one. On day one. And <laughs> And I said, because people had been asking about them. So it was just very like close friends. I said, I think I might've started a business. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> like eight hours later. Yeah. And so I just kept making it. I kept posting and I would actually make appointments for people to come to the house. And it's so funny. Like you got to look back on my divine intentions page, my Instagram. Like you'll see it, I'm on my dining room table and I've got like this, just like this canvas and it's like 10 bracelets. <laughs> and I would make appointments and people would come and they would look through them and then they would buy them and they would leave. It was just lo- very local. And then what started, it kind of evolved into the yoga and it was very shortly after I started, I kind of started adding the intention aspect into it because for me, when I was wearing my jewelry, it really was a representation. And any piece that I wear was always like the crystals, the healing, but also, like I said, that representation of an intention or a reminder. Mm. So I actually started making up handwritten cards. And when my customers would leave the house, I'd have them just intuitively pick a card and that kind of went to their piece that they had bought. eventually that got to be a lot because I started to get busier and busier and got more customers. So what I ended up doing was 
allowing my customers through like, you know, a card that I would give them, allowing them to set their own intention. So it has very much evolved over time. It did not initially start off as like a healing jewelry business. It was more essential oils, essential oil jewelry. And I would say my customers are actually the ones who grew it into more of a healing because they would start to ask me, you know, what is the healing properties of this? I would say, oh, okay. You know, and I would learn more and more about it. And then I just kind of started incorporating that. So it initially started off with essential oils. I kind of like surrounded it with the intention aspect of it for them to wear Mm -hmm. during their practice, during their day and to remind them of their intention. And then they, my customers kind of morphed it into the healing part of it. So I love that journey though. And I think people probably picked up intuitively from you that that was already happening, even if you weren't expressly saying it at first, like for day one for you to post it and then sell them all and be like, okay, this happened. Like, I think you emanate that energy that people are like, I just want something that you've made because I know the intention behind it is good and pure and, you know, all of that. Oh, that's amazing. I love that. that. So when I actually, when I make them now, the most important step of when I make my pieces is not only allowing that piece to be an intention piece for them once they wear it, but I intentionally make it for my customers. And I always say a little blessing before it heads out. Mm-hmm. Even if I have it in the in a shop, I have a local shop here in Windsor that I have a little stand and it has it. But even before they leave my space, I say just a little blessing for the person, whoever's going to wear it. Yes. So, yeah, because you, you don't. Yeah. So you don't know who's going to end up eventually buying mm-hmm. it. But I know that that has power. So, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that's divine intention. So D-E-E-V-I-N-E yeah. intentions. And we'll I'll post yeah. all these links on our Instagram and on the, the website and the blog, just so people can awesome. click and find it. Awesome. Yes, thank you. And so you're welcome. Thank you for sharing that with us. And I know you've mentioned in the context of all of this, so, so we know you're a mom and you have two young sons. So how are you all navigating this life now amidst lockdowns? I know Ontario just went back down into a lockdown. We've yes. basically been locked down in California for a year. So I'm like, I'm so used to it. But social and political unrest, remote learning, teaching, running mm-hmm. your business. So how has mm-hmm. all that been going? And what kind, I mean, you mentioned, you know, the dinner table conversations because of the mm-hmm. podcast. There's so much to talk about. So what's been mm-hmm. happening with your family, with your boys and like whatever you feel comfortable sharing? Yeah, so my boys, well, we're in our third lockdown. So like mm-hmm. you, we've been in lockdown for almost a year. Mm-hmm. And even when things were lifted slightly, we've never really gotten out of, we have like zones, right? So yes. everything's been very secluded for our family. I have to say that we're blessed. Our, we... My husband never really stopped working. There was seven weeks when the pandemic first started where he was able to work from home. But then after that seven weeks, once his company was able to navigate how they were going to execute like protection for their workers and stuff, he was able to go back to work. And my boys, ever since the pandemic started, they've been home. We've kept them home for online learning. Yeah, we just have been rolling with the punches, I guess, if that's how you want to put it. I mean, when I say like, I just feel really blessed during this time, I realize there's been so much going on and I don't want to make it sound like, you know, we're just, you know, it's been all fine. And I mean, there's so much happening, so much uncertainty, but I've chosen to take this experience and 
really make it about the time together that we're spending. Like with my husband even being home for that seven weeks, we've never had that. He has a big job. Mm -hmm. You know, he works a lot. We never had that time where we could just all be in these four walls. And it's been really nice, really not, you know, less of a schedule, you know, not like get alarm clock goes off for the boys for school, hurry up, get dressed, eat breakfast down the road. Like last year when I had one son going to a sports academy school, the other son was going to another school. So, you know, it was like a lot of driving, a lot of picking up, going across town. So I have to say like, that's been really nice, Mm -hmm. you know, less schedule, Mm -hmm. less schedule. My boys play sports. So there we have within the year had times where they still been able to go to practice, but that's taken away again. But I kind of enjoy that too, you know, like not bonkers running around all over the place. So I just, I guess I've chosen to see the good. Yeah. See the good in it. For sure. Because when you're surrounded by all that chaos, like it sometimes I feel that way too. I'm like, I just don't really want to leave my house or my neighborhood (laughs) right now because it feels... Like there's just so much happening and I feel very similarly to you, even Mm -hmm. though there's been these moments of tears and uncertainty, you know, feeling, feeling all the things that go along with the news headlines, but also really Mm -hmm. grateful that, you know, I have a roof over my head and the things Mm -hmm. that I need and that everybody's been safe for the most part. There's one extended family who did pass away of COVID-19 quite early on, like last April, which was really sad, but it fortunately has not, you know, gone beyond that to people yeah, who are closer yeah. to me. And there's been so much loss and I know people have really suffered. In yeah, this past yeah. Year, and that's so. what I was trying to yeah. get to, you know, like, I know that there has been, like I said, so much uncertainty and so much loss and sadness, but in this immediate house, I've just tried to see the good. Exactly. And, yeah, and try okay. to stay safe and do our part and yeah. do our part, right? Into mm-hmm. trying to change this around. Mm-hmm. And I think it helps other people like I know when I look at your posts every day like oh this is what you're practicing today this is what your intention is today here's what you're thinking about today you're not like pretending that this outside you know turmoil isn't happening it's just your Mm -hmm. way of navigating through it Mm -hmm. and that helps Mm -hmm. other people I know what you post helps me right because I'm like oh yes I needed to be reminded to like take that time and just be still today or make sure I get some movement in I mean I'm a teacher too it's like it's so funny how you can so easily apply that to other people but then you forget to do it yourself so So true I love those reminders I love those reminders and I'm getting those reminders as well right yeah, yeah, for sure. So I really am about mindset and that, you know, we can really shift our mindsets to control our actions and, and to feel and to think about things in a certain way and we control that. So yeah, yeah. No, yeah. bless you. And thank you for all that you bring. I just, I just knew we had to get to know one another. So mm-hmm. I'm really so glad for this beginning friendship. And I wondered if we could move into talking a little bit about identity. And as I, yes. kind of, oh, I love it. <laughs> as I hinted earlier, I was so excited to get to know you on social media. Like as soon as I saw your account, I was like, oh my gosh, I grew up in Canada too, just a few hours north of where you are. And I never saw anyone even remotely who looked like me growing up. So in my later years in high school and college, when I moved away to bigger cities, I found more diverse people. And this is compounded by the fact that I was also adopted. So I'm like 
was a little lost girl for a long time, <laughs> but you shared a post one time that showed a place where you knew that your ancestors had once lived. And it seemed that you know quite a bit about your family lineage, which I find so amazing. So do you have strong family ties and storytelling traditions in your family? Like, like how did all this unfold for you? Yes, my whole life, my dad's side of the family. So I'll back up. I actually grew up. So the picture in the post that you're talking about is from my dad's paternal side. Okay. So my grandfather's side, like my grandfather's mother's side. But the land that I actually grew up on was from my grandfather's father's side. Wow. So I grew up on a farm in Harrow that had been in our family ever since our family had come from Kentucky. Um, Yeah. So my grandparents actually lived in the big, like original farmhouse and it had been added onto. And then when my parents married, they had our house built just beside my grandparents. So I grew up with very, I mean, storytelling is just kind of part of our family. Mm-hmm. It's just my, you know, sitting around, we go next door to my grandparents and my grandma would just like sit in the kitchen. We would just sit and she would get up and cook something. And it's just always been part of my upbringing. And it wouldn't be necessarily, and I was thinking about this say, it wasn't necessarily like whole stories. I feel as though it was bits and pieces. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you were kind of like you kind of had to like put them together or, you know, leave, I would go home and I'd be thinking about it. And then I would go back and I would say, Hey, you said this yesterday, but then you told me that a year ago, how does that work? And then that would turn into a whole other story. So I guess over a lifetime or many years, my childhood, I got the whole story that way. And my dad has always been, he would, you know, he's always been a very holding family lineage and stories and experiences that they Mm -hmm. went through he my dad went to a segregated school here in Essex County until he was in grade five he's only 64 years old so he really he talked a lot about you know that experience and so it you know it has wasn't also just stories it was a lot of experience as well so yeah yeah, very very strong roots yeah I'm like I think people might find that shocking that your dad yes. is, you said 64 and went to yes. a segregated school in Canada in until Canada. the fifth grade, right? Yes. That's the yes. thing that I like go back to is mm-hmm. that a lot of people think this is just a U.S. situation and it's, yes. it's everywhere, you yes. know, that's a real lived experience in, I mean, that's pretty young still, 64. Yes. To have yes. has that, oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, yes. things have changed now. Yes, yes. <laughs> Yeah. That's that's not a question anymore. Although the one mm-hmm. thing I find one of the biggest shocks moving here from after growing up in Canada, where we talk about race so differently and moving to like everywhere you go, every form you fill out, every single form, everywhere you f- is like, what is your ethnicity? And it's, there's multiple boxes now. So you can usually choose, you know, if you have a mixed heritage, you can put that down. It doesn't have to just be one or the other. But for the first couple of years, I was just like, they don't ask you this in Canada. Like, why do you ask no. for every single yeah. thing? And I'm like, I'm not saying one is necessarily better or worse than the other, but it was just such a culture shock for me. Shock. <laughs> That's interesting. Going, That's going really through. interesting. Because you're always forced to think about it. Like right. whether you go to the doctor, whether you go do something for school, like any kind of form you fill out, like we just did stuff with our bank. 
same thing. They're right. asking you about that. And I'm like, and they always right. put the disclaimer, like, oh, it's just for statistical purposes, because they'll also ask you if you're a veteran. They'll also ask you if you have accessibility limitations. And so, wow, that's interesting. Some, yeah, it's very, mm-hmm. very strange. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I wanted to ask you, considering, wow, what a varied life you've had, like in terms of your training, your original career trajectory, what you've mm-hmm. moved into now. What is one or some of the most important lessons that you've ever learned? Something you think people would love to know about? Mm-hmm. I know I kind of just switched. No, 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 I, no, I love it. And I think it goes back to what I was saying is mindset. Mm. It's mindset. And really going back to, I kind of call it my mission statement. It's you have the choice to elevate yourself. You have the choice to elevate others. Mm. And I think any experience can be, I guess two people can have one experience and depending on each other's mindsets, that can be a completely different experience. Mm. And I think that's been something that I've really myself had to work through in my life is, you know, just trying to change the way that I think about things and keeping, you know, pivoting that mindset when, you know, I kind of see myself like going down that rabbit hole. So mindset to me is so important. And I think that it can be really, (laughs) it can really change your experiences in life, just depending on how you think about things. What are some of the... I guess, tips or things you've found that have worked for you, like when you start to go down a rabbit hole or spiral, because we all do at some point Mm -hmm, or another, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. what are the things that ground you and and bring you back? Like when you can feel yourself starting to get like, "Ah," you know, going into that headspace, what are some of the things that help bring you around? Turning off my cell phone, Mm. (laughs) turning off the television, Uh (laughs) getting on my mat, going for walks, journaling, my prayer and meditation, Mm -hmm. eating good, comforting food, spending time with my boys, my husband, my family. Yeah. All the things. all, All the comforting things. Yeah. But I think a big thing is because I run both of my business literally from my cell phone that is one thing that I find really helps is just like, okay, blocking off that time, shutting it, shutting that phone down. Mm-hmm. No, mm-hmm. that's, that's important. And I feel like we need those reminders. Cause I do the same thing. And my husband will just tell me like, put the phone down. Yes. <laughs> like, remember, yes. Right. Cause I'm like in a conversation or an email and whether it's to do with work or personal stuff, it can really just, you know, flood your brain with way more information than it, it can process or needs to process in that moment. So just returning to yourself again mm-hmm. and again. And as you said, surrounding yourself with the things that you know are real, your family, yes, exactly. your close friends, you know, the things that bring nourishment, like true, true nourishment. I love that on your podcast. You brought that up one time. It was like, you know, we were, people were kind of joking about the COVID-15 or COVID-19 or whatever. And it's like, mm-hmm. so what? You gained a few pounds, but like, did you have a great conversation with your family over a lovely meal like isn't that worth something you know what I mean we're, <laughs> we're all I had that because I'm an online wellness coach so I've had this conversation literally so much <laughs> with my clients you know and actually new clients that are coming on board to have me coach them they you know I I've got like the COVID they call it the COVID-15 yeah. <laughs> and I say you know what honestly if that is what your problem is right now 
you're doing okay. You had food on the table. You had lots of snacks in front of great movies. You spent time with your family. So, I mean, it's again, going back to that mindset and that mind shift and pivoting your thought process and just, you know, really focusing on like the things that actually do matter. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, yeah. tell us about that because I know you're doing coaching. Mm-hmm. Are you mm-hmm. teaching online or in person anywhere? Like where can people either find a class with you or tell yeah. us more about what you're doing and then how people people can join up. <laughs> yeah, join so up. I'm an I'm an online wellness coach. So what I do is I help the people depending on whatever they are looking for, but a lot of well, I do all my groups online and the bones and the basis of my group because I just obviously love yoga and meditation. It is yoga and meditation. I have clients that do come to me for different things, nutrition and I love to help people do that, but I always go back to that mindset, the mm-hmm. mindfulness, the meditation. And that is kind of what everything that I do surrounding coaching entails. And yeah, you can find me on Instagram. I run my classes. I do meditations. I do. I've just gotten into like some sound healing. I've got my crystal oh. bowls. I teach yoga on Zoom. So the community kind of comes together. We check in on an app. We hold each other accountable. But once or twice a week, we get together on Zoom. And we do things together, like I'll teach a class or an intention setting meditation. I just love to incorporate all of that stuff with their wellness journey. So whether they're practicing, you know, intuitive, mindful nutrition, or if they're involved in like a sweat program where they're lifting weights, weightlifting, depending, right? right? I just love to incorporate all of wellness because it isn't just about, you know, losing weight or, you know, putting on muscle. I love to incorporate everything in it. Yeah, That's beautiful. It's the whole body, right. Mm -hmm. And like how you're handling your nutrition and like all the aspects of wellness in people's lives. I love that. Okay. So we're going to make sure to include links to that so people can, can find you and find out more about doing that with you. Please. Yeah. Tell us about some of the people we need to know about who have inspired or maybe even challenged you blew your mind open to thinking about something differently, even changed your life. And I've said this to people before, it can be someone famous, infamous, or someone we've never heard about, but we, we need to know about (laughs) that you've learned, learned some valuable things from. My children, there is no doubt. There is no doubt. My boys, just to be able to them from a thought (laughs) Mm -hmm. a thought to now I have one he's 14 my other one is a tween he's 12 and just to see that growth that change people talk about the first year of Mm -hmm. such a change I mean that was a mind blow in itself but just to see how they evolve over time and I have to say this about my children my children have obviously pushed me to be a better person. Mm -hmm. Right. I don't think, you know, a lot of my practice and personal development and mindset work really has changed the way I probably would have mothered if I didn't have that stuff in my life. Yeah. Right. Um, And they, and they, they have turned out to be incredible, incredible humans. So it, it, I have to say the first, <laughs> we can oh. talk about all these famous people, but I have to say it's right here. It's, it's my voice. Yeah. That's it's the been, thing it's been incredible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And then every const- day, every day. Yeah. Well, in this concentrated time we've had with them over this last year too, right. You can really, 
I mean, yes, we live with our families all the time, but when you're in such close contact for so long, you can really see that. And as, as a mom, my girls are a bit older, but I feel the same, same way they say stuff. And I'm like, I want to be you when I grow up. Like, (laughs) I was going to ask you that, like, yeah, I, I get that all the time. They say things. My youngest son, I always say he's like this 45, this very wise 45, 50 year old man in his 12 year old (laughs) body. Some of the stuff that he says, I'm just like, and then my oldest son, he is so driven and so determined. And just, I mean, when he puts his mind to something and I just look at them, like, where did that come from? And then I look at my husband, I'm like, that's us. That's the work we've done. That's the work we've done. (laughs) But just to see it, you know, happen in these humans, it's just incredible. What a change. I I love this. I can feel the ripple effect of it. (laughs) What a change generationally. And it's, uh, I'm not like knocking my grandparents, but they, they came from, and they raised me in such a way where it was like, children are seen and not heard. Like that was a very common theme in our our house. And it's just sort of, I went the opposite way. I'm like, no, I want to talk to my kids. Like I want them to feel like they have a space at the table. I want them to be able to speak up for themselves, you know, if something is wrong or they just have an opinion. And I honestly believe that that inclusiveness I don't know if that's the best word but kind of like it's the include I still matter like if you matter within your family then you're going to grow up and you're going to matter in the world and you're going to take different steps towards your own you know development and progress and then you're more likely also to call it out when you see it happening to other people you know what I mean like that's that's wrong like you shouldn't be saying that or doing that to that person and that's that's a shift then that they carry with them as they, whether they have kids or not, that that's a generational change. And I'm hearing this from more and more parents where they're just like, I really like my kids. Like, of course they can (laughs) irritate the heck out of you. Like, (laughs) well, yeah, I mean, it's part of of the territory, right? Right? (laughs) And you were saying you're like having opinions and like, Oh, my 14 year old, he has lots of opinions. (laughs) every day. <laughs> I love that. I think that's healthier for them to know that they have a parent that makes wow. space for that, right? Because then they don't feel the need to go out and like generate bad attention just to get attention, right? In all those ways mm-hmm. that kids can do things like that. Well, speaking of, you know, intentions, we've been talking a lot mm-hmm. of that. So if you could make a wish or a divine intention as we moved, we're kind of approaching the second half of 2021, which I like, I can't even believe we're almost now. Yeah. What's on your heart? What's on your mind about intentions for you, for the world, for your family? Like, what are some of the things that are coming up for you personally, or maybe with your clients in terms of what we're hoping for, what we're working towards? I think coming from last year, this year kind of seemed at the end of last year, I felt as though it's like, like almost replicating itself. It seems like mm-hmm. a couple about a week ago, I just had this moment where I was like, are we in the twilight zone? <laughs> Cause I just felt like the same thing was happening compared to a year ago. Yeah. But I think that in order for us to come together collectively and to make change, I think it starts with each individual person. And that's my intention is first of all, every day to work on myself, to help my family just be the best versions of themselves. And if I was able to tell every single person in this world something, it would be that to 
work on yourself, your personal development so that you can walk outside out of your door, (laughs) out of your home or your space, wherever you reside and just be a better person. And then imagine like if we all came together and we were vibrating on like this crazy positive vibration, what it would change. Mm -hmm. It starts with each one of us individually. Yeah. And then we can come together and just take over (laughs) in a positive way. Yeah. You know, we can all collectively come together with everything that we've learned in ourselves and it would just be insane. Yeah. You know what's interesting? What you just said, this bizarre thing happened yesterday, like something rude happened to me at the grocery store. I I was like really upset about it, you know, just all offended and came home and I was like, you know, kind of ranting to my husband. Mm -hmm. And I went online and one of my very amazing friends, her name is Hallie. She posted, did you know that ego and recognizing ego just means our egos are battling each other? Like, so when, when somebody is expressing ego and ruffles your feathers and offends you, it's your ego that then gets ruffled. And then, so it's like, it's constantly this thing. So she's like, so the solution to all of that is have compassion for ego so that you can let yours go. You can let go what mm-hmm. the other person's was. And we can come back to this place where we're just, yeah. like you said, vibrating at this more. I was like, well, I smacked my head. I was like, wow, did I need to see that message right at that time? Because no matter you know, how calm and practiced do you think you are? Like, there's all these things where we like, you know, get our shoulders up and our necks at a joint and it becomes very personalized about that person and this and that. And mm-hmm. But if we can mm-hmm. keep returning to that place, and I look at it often as like forgiveness too. It's like, and I realize no, it really is more about compassion, having compassion for where that person is right now. And like, that's not meeting me at my level, but I need that's to let right. it go. That's right. <laughs> I've always had this thing where, again, if I have ever been in a situation like what you were saying, you know, like just people, like someone is just rude. I always just look at them and, you know, think that's your, their stuff. Mm-hmm. They were like that before I came into contact with them. Right. And that's their stuff. And they have to go on a journey of whatever, whether it's a moment, a day, a lifetime, I don't know, right. but they have to travel a journey where they have to work on some stuff. So I guess just not allowing that to affect you in that way. And it, but it can be hard. I was doing the same thing you came my husband here as well, right? <laughs> yeah. In the moment I was fine. I was just like, be gracious, just breathe, just smile behind your mask and just uh-huh. like, you know, uh-huh. okay, like I understand where you're coming from and that's fine. And, but then, yeah, as soon as I came home and yes. same thing, he's like, just put the groceries down. It's fine. Like you don't have to like go through this again. Yeah. I was like, I have to get it out. <laughs> I know. And I was able to calm down, but it was just sort of like, oh, but then I, you know, I sat down and picked up my phone and saw that message and I'm like, how is she in my brain right at this yeah 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 we need like a mistake nothing's a mistake (laughs) (laughs) for sure I know we're so we're starting to wind down and kind of come to the end of our conversation and I I know it's one of those things but we can keep talking but (laughs) well is there yeah anything else that you're working on that you'd love for people to know about or to connect with Yeah, just kind of any last words before we move into the Um, close. I'm just always here creating jewelry, beautiful yoga pieces, trying to coach people 
and not only just trying to coach them, but also participating with them and Mm -hmm. helping others elevate others and just helping them find their way so that they can be the best versions of themselves, but also doing the same and being beside them and doing that as well. And just, if anybody needs anything at any time, feel free to reach out. Like you said, you'll be posting my contact information. I would just love to hear from whoever this resonated with. Oh, for sure. And I love how you said that because we are really all in it. And I, I view myself, even though I'm a teacher, I'm forever a student and just learning these lessons every day, sometimes. Every day, every day. <laughs> yeah, I love hearing you say that because I, I truly believe like some of the, when you can admit to, you know, the things you're going through and still learning, that's amazing. So thank you for sharing so much wisdom, so much compassion, kindness, and goodness with us. I advocate for this show as a place where people can just sort of take a breath and, you know, they can do a practice episode if they like, but I love the conversations to just be centered around wellness and things that are, are helpful for people and guiding. So thank you for being a part of that. That's, that's just thank huge. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you're you so, so welcome. And a reminder to our listeners as we close out that we've been talking with Dee or Dina Shuttleworth. And you can find her at Divine Intentions on Instagram and on her website, as well as on her yoga page, her personal yoga page. So I'll be posting all those in the links and in the show notes. So watch out for that. And in the meantime, stay tuned because there's always more to come. And it's a great time for your mind to be on the mat. <music>